everyone, this is 30 Day Trek. I'm your host, Lucanon, and in this episode, we are covering the Season 2 episode of Lower Decks, Where Pleasant Fountains Lie. This is the one where, as Mariner and Boimler are on a mission to transport Agamus, an evil computer that manipulated a society into a century-long war, to the Daystrom Institute on Earth, their shuttle is hit by a gravimetric shear, caught in a gravity well, and crashes on a desert planet. As they look for sustenance and a way off the planet, with Agamus in tow, back on the ship, the Cerritos is contacted by Queen Polona of the Hyspirians and requests requests the help of their chief engineer, Andy Billups, who turns out to be her son. If you've watched Lower Decks and thought to yourself, wow, that Andy Billups is a prince among men, you'd be correct, albeit one who abdicated the throne so that he could join Starfleet and has taken a vow of chastity since losing his virginity would result in him taking the throne and becoming king of Hysperia, a planet that was colonized by Renfair types that already had dragons on it and is a monarchy. And Billups has an arm's length relationship with his mother, akin to the one that Deanna had with Waxana Troy, since she keeps trying to get him to lose his virginity and take the throne. She employs Andy to go over to their ship, the Manavine, and help fix their warp engine. Billups agrees and brings Brotherford along. This is one of my favorite B-plots of Lower Decks for not only being as weird as it is, but for also having one of my favorite guest stars in Modern Trek. As an avid podcast listener, one of my favorite movie podcasts I listen to is How Did This Get Made, hosted by Paul Shear, his wife June Diane Raphael, and Jason Manzoukas, as well as their offshoot podcast, Unspooled with Paul and Amy Nicholson, and The Deep Dive with June and Jessica St. Claire. So I was already on board with Paul Shear's Andy Billups. And I found out that June was going to guest star as Andy's mother, my mind just exploded. I have a thing for seeing real life couples acting opposite each other in either cameos or as on screen ones. And while Paul Shear and June Diane Raphael have acted opposite of each other before, this is probably the only time in filmed history that a wife and husband have played mother and son. And if you've listened to How Did This Get Made and heard some of Paul's stories about him and his mom that are borderline Oedipal, this dynamic between Billups and Queen Polona is probably the weirdest bit of metacasting in the franchise's history. Mother, if you're planning on tricking me into intercourse, think again. The only lady I love is two decks tall and pumped full of dilithium. My sweet Andrithio, I promise no tricks this time. Really? Yes. Obviously, I still hope one day you'll give up this nonsense, but I see now that I was pushing you away. Oh, so then why are you here? The Dragon Breath engines in our ships have been breaking down. We have no idea why. Hysperia will be left defenseless. My son, I'm asking you to help your people, not as a prince, but as oh, an engineer. Okay, now that I can do. Mr. Rutherford, you're with me. It's time to prove to my mother that I'm more than a royal stud. <laughs> Aha! Faulty resonators! They've probably been degrading all over the fleet because, you know, resonance. Weird. That should have come up in our initial scan. The Royal Navy is saved! Let's hear it for Prince Andorithio and his calloused squire! I have to admit, I'm impressed. Seeing you in your element finally makes me understand why you love this star fleet. One could say I'm even... What's the word? Proud? I'll only be proud once you take my place on the throne, but today, I'm satisfied. Faking your death? Blowing up your own ship? This is a new low, mother. A meager price to pay to get you on the throne. I love Starfleet. Okay, I don't want to live in a castle with pet dragons and all the mutton I can eat. You need to accept the fact that I'll be a virgin for the rest of my life. 
Well, we'll see about that. Also, with this plotline, between the medieval fantasy culture on display and how, to me, it looks so exhausting to live in, and the big reveal that Polona blew up her own ship and endangered her people just to trick her son into having sex, this is why monarchies suck and why I've never been into the royal family. And I especially love that with this episode, we can see how much more enlightened the Trek franchise has become in terms of sexuality and that Billups is coded as asexual and that not only is his celibacy respected by the crew, he's celibate celebrated for it. As for the A-plot with Agamus, this is another Shuttle Crash episode with the added element of the evil computer, which is voiced by returning Trek veteran Jeffrey Combs. This time around, he plays a more chatty villain as he tries to sow discontent between Boimler and Mariner and get Boimler to plug him into a nearby computer. But Boimler only ends up tricking him to open up his battery pack to use as a power source to send out a distress signal from one of the crashed ships, and the only thing Agamus has control over are the lights. And I can't do this episode without sampling some scene chewing from Combs. Well, this has been quite an adventure. You two have shown me that trust and friendship are better than manipulation. I'm ready to try being good for a change. There, I just deleted all my manipulative subroutines. I want to be a Starfleet officer like you. Just drop me off at the academy. I can be the next seven of nine. Agamus of one. You regret this? I will conquer this lab, and then I will take over the Federation! I will destroy you all! You'll do nothing of the sort, for I am going to annihilate the Federation. Tremble at my power! With that programming, good luck! You should self-destruct if you even can! You both suck! You don't understand what being an evil computer even is! And in the final shot, as we see all the other locked up evil computers, there's an inside joke in that one of them has the CBSI as its logo. Make of that what you will. The last bit of trivia I'd like to share is that the title of the episode, Where Pleasant Fountains Lie, is another Shakespeare reference, but this time it's from one of his poems, Venus and Adonis. Quote, I'll be a park and thou shalt be my dear. Feed where thou wilt, on mountain or in dale. Graze on my lips, and if those hills be dry, stray lower where the pleasant fountains lie. So yeah, this episode's title is an oral sex joke, which, given the themes of the episode and the tone of the series, is the perfect title. As for the rest of Lower Decks, my other favorite episodes of Season 2 were Strange Energies, in which Ransom becomes a giant head, Kayshawn, His Eyes Open, in which we're introduced to Kayshawn, a Temerian security officer, and has one of my favorite Easter eggs from the animated series, in which we find out what happened to the 50-foot Spock clone from The Infinite Vulcan, I Excretus, which has our crew go through holopod training simulations that were designed to fail, but Boimler's obsession with getting a perfect score ends up saving the ship. And then of course the previously covered Wedge Douge, which brought the series to new heights. Season 3, in retrospect, was a treading water season with only the grounded premiere, Reflections, in which Boimler and Mariner man the Starfleet recruitment kiosk at a job fair, and we find out about Rutherford's past life pre-implant, and the DS9 episode Hear All, Trust Nothing as the real standout episodes. But Season 4, which just wrapped, is, I feel, the strongest season of Lower Decks overall, where the series was building off of its own mythology, the characters were growing as they were promoted, the inclusion of Tillin from Wedge douche into the cast was the best decision they made, and there is a confidence in the series that makes it one of the stronger Trek series on now. 
And that's it for Lower Decks. Join me tomorrow for when we move over to something much more G-rated and look at our second episode of this season that explores the theme of Star Trek as modern myth. Live long and prosper, and also live well. Thank <laughs> you.